Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. My heart, the thing that makes my heart sing is called the Confidence Star. And I'm gonna talk about that today because the title is Father's Day Special, Becoming a Girl's Best Friend. Well, yesterday I had the absolute 
honor and pleasure to be asked to go and speak at an all girls school. And these girls were from the ages of 30, 11, all the way up until they were 17, coming up to 18 years old. And it was so exciting for me because normally as a speaker, the work I do is usually with corporates. I normally go into organizations and speak to people in the teams, the advertising teams, the sales teams, the management teams, the leadership teams, and I'm speaking to adults. And um, I, I love what I do. And um, it was really exciting that I got to go and speak at the girls' school because, <coughs> excuse me, it's different. When I went to the school, I was thinking, these girls remind me of me when I was younger. This is a younger version of me sitting in this auditorium or looking and waiting for wisdom. And I had to really think about what do I want to leave them with? What is the thing that I want to share with them? If I get, you know, it was a 10 minute after dinner speech. That's what I had 10 minutes to speak to this audience of all these girls and their parents. And there was a thousand people, a thousand students, and it was being streamed as well. And all the parents were there. And I thought, I've got 10 minutes to land my plane. How am I going to do this? Now, for many of you who know that I'm a speaker and I'm a storyteller and my company, Mind Workout Media, we help entrepreneurs share their message on the mic. We help entrepreneurs get their story on video. Everything that I do in my business is helping people to really master the art of messaging and communicating. So for me, I was like, right, let me use my own training to make sure that I do this well. So the first thing I did was I said to myself, right, what is the one thing I want these young people to leave with. When I finish speaking, what is the one thing I want them to take away? What words do I want to be stuck on them so that they still hear them when I'm not in their room? So I was like, okay, right. The one thing I want them to leave in is that they can be, do, and have anything that they want. I was like, right, so that's what I want. I want them to know that they can be anything, do anything, and have anything that they want in life. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. And if I can only leave them with one thing, what one thing do I think is going to have the biggest impact? And it took me back to the work that I've been doing for years is that, you know, we can have people around us cheering for us and saying, you can do it. I believe in you. You know, if you're lucky enough to have parents who cheer for you, great, or neighbors or cousins or relatives or carers or school teachers, you know, there's always somebody hopefully that cheers for us. But it's not really about how much we cheer for other people. It's about how we cheer for ourselves. And I was thinking, I know I'm going to leave them knowing that they are the cheerleaders of their lives. They are the ones that must cheer for themselves because when all else is gone, you only have yourself. You're with yourself 24 seven. So I was like, right, okay then. So I'm gonna land my plane by saying, the number one thing you must learn to do is cheer for yourself. So I was like, right, so I know where I'm landing my plane. And I was like, right, how am I going to position myself? Because in all fairness, as much as I believe I'm cool and hip, you know, I've got pink hair, you know, I, I love to dance, I'm positive. These these children in the audience, I'm old enough to be their parents. You know, the, these are living in a world that I have not experienced. They're, they're very, very different to who I am. So I have to get real a bit with working out who is my audience. So that's the next thing that we teach when we're helping you to master your message and build your brand story and get on stage and share your story is you need to know where you're landing your plane. But before you, now you know where you're landing the plane, the next thing you need to know is who am I talking to? 
Like who is in the audience? And I know I talk about this a lot, your ideal customer avatar, understanding who your target is. Who are, who are, you, who are you trying to get the message across to? So then I had to say, right, what is the psychology of these young people? And I'm not just dealing with one ideal customer. I'm not dealing with, you know, one person who is 13, one girl. I'm dealing with 11 year olds all the way up to 17 year olds and their parents who are in the audience and the teachers. And also because they knew I was coming, they put my picture in their magazine, in their website. They promoted me. They had the mayor come. They had the local um, MP. They had the governors, you know, this was their award ceremony. So all of the key people in their community were there. They were all there listening to me. So I knew, you know, this is not just gonna have to land with them. It's gonna have to land with their parents. And I was like, whoa, this is, and I've only got 10 minutes, <laughs> you know, 10 minutes. So what I did was I went back to basics. Where am I landing my plane? I want them to believe that the, the most important thing is that they cheer for themselves. Okay, who who are the people in the audience? These are people who are willing and want to listen. These are people that are looking for inspiration. They've already been prepped for me. Okay, so they're gonna be a, quite a open crowd. They're not gonna be sitting there with their arms folded because their sales manager has thrown them into a room with me and say, learn how to do sales. You know, they're, they, they're there because they want to be. Also, they're all coming off the back of a win because the, the students that were in the hall were all award winners. And then the other people were streamed all around the school and their parents were there to support them. So I was like, okay, so I, I know what I'm dealing with. So I knew how I was going, who I was speaking to. Then I had to say to myself, right, during my time on stage with them, I'm going to have to show them who I am. Because most people are always asking themselves, why should I listen? Why should I care? And what's in it for me? They're the three things that most people are thinking about whenever they're listening to any kind of speaker. Why should I care? Why should I listen? What's in it for me? So I was like, right, why should they care? So I said at the very beginning, my goal while I'm here today is to leave you feeling inspired to go and do work that you love. Because everybody gets to do work that they love if you are willing to put in the effort. And I'm going to show you how I've done it. So then that meant they were all like listening. Oh, she's going to teach me something. And then I said to them, okay, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. So just to paint the scene, when I turned up, I turned up in um, my partner's car, which is like a, it's called an R8. So it's a 152,000 pound car. And it, it makes this noise like, uh, so it's really loud. And I had the roof down. I had a big sun hat on, my sunglasses. I was wearing the most amazing Kurt Geiger shoes. So anyway, so I, 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 ent I had gave a good entrance because I, I know, you know, young people, what they are very much interested in is, um, you know, social media and all the shiny stuff. So to give me an opportunity to at least break them open, show up, you know, looking fabulous. So I get out of my car and all the young girls are like, nice car, miss, nice car, miss. I was like, thank you, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, I was tottering in my little Kirk Geiger heels. And as I walked into the the room, all the, like, professional, the, boards and the um, the mayor and the, the important people who were part of the school were all there and I went into a private room with them and they were you know this is every Thomas and they were like and I was going around speaking to everyone shaking everybody's hands and they were like oh tell us a little bit about your story well you know you you worked with um 
Paul McCartney, you're on state, you did this, you did this. So they'd already read my bio. So I was having to like work the room and I was getting a good sense of the people before. And I highly recommend if you're going to speak, never just get out of your car and then go on stage because you're not going to have a sense of the vibration of the room. So I got to meet all the people who are lovely, key people who just like me are passionate about helping these girls believe in themselves. So I was like, right. So I got a little bit of a prep. As I walk into the auditorium, then they're like, just follow me. And then we go up this ramp and I'm wearing these Kurt Geiger heels and I'm like, hold your center, Effie, because everyone's watching me walk up a, like a ramp in these heels onto this huge stage. So anyway, I get on the stage and they tell me where to sit. And my job is to shake hands with every student who has an award. So I stand up, they pass me the award ceremony trophy, the, the plaque or and the certificate. And as the students come up one at a time, I shake their hands and then there's little speeches in between and there's someone playing a piano. And it's a beautiful ceremony and it's very grand. It started with classical music and all of that. So anyway, I'm standing on stage shaking these girls' hands one after another, after another, after another, sitting down in between, getting back up. Anyway, when it's my time to speak, I, I, I go and stand up and the first thing I say to them is, well, if someone would have told me I'd be shaking that many hands two years ago, that would have been, you know, it would have been a criminal offence. And then everyone just kind of started laughing. So I kind of broke the the tension in the room, like, what am I going to talk about? And as soon as I started speaking, I was in flow because I was sharing stories that I've shared on this app many times. And I've shared them probably in the last 15 years, too many times to count. But I decided to tell them the story about me about me as a child and I told him about how when I was when my parents came to the UK in the early 80s Nigerian parents came to the UK they were here on student visas and then um, after four years of really working hard they decided to have a bit of fun and then I was created and that they um, then went and vanished from my life they went back to Nigeria and left me in the UK and I went to live with a family who were working with Save the Children Foundation and I was like well they might not even know who that is so then I explained Save the Children Foundation is a charity that supports children who are orphaned or abandoned or parents can't look after them so by me sharing that story I wanted to position they knew that you know I I, I wasn't one with a like silver spoon in my mouth I wasn't I did, I'm not so far away from who they might be so then I told them you know um I was abandoned and I, I was raised by these amazing people and then I went to tell them I said and and this is where I could feel which we call listen to the listening you know when you when you're a speaker you want to listen to the listening it's really difficult to do that on this app but in real life when you're in a room you can kind of feel and listen to how the other people are listening so I was so I could hear that that was kind of like people started to kind of lean in a bit more. So then I went on to tell them about how the point of my story was, I believe that every single one of us has a sad tale, a sad story, something that's happened in our lives that could really ruin us or undermine us. And I said to them, you know, I had been abandoned by the people who brought me into this world and before I developed the muscles to smile as a baby, I'd already experienced rejection 
on what is a cellular level. As a baby, I might not have known, but cellularly, my parents were not with me. And even though that happened to me, I didn't wither, I didn't die, and I'm still here. And the point of this story is to say that it doesn't matter what happens to you. It doesn't matter how many times you've been rejected or overlooked. It doesn't matter how many sad stories you have. You can use that to fuel you. And I said, and if you haven't had a sad story yet, because I'm sure everyone has had a sad story. And then I said, well, if you haven't had one, you're gonna get one. And then all their parents just laughed out loud because I was like, because I had to remember who I'm speaking to. These people probably haven't had a sad story. Maybe they've lost a grandparent. So I was um, contextualizing my message back and forth, back and forth. And after I um, said, you know, you know, you will experience a bad story. You, something bad is going to happen at some point in your life and you're gonna have to use that to fuel you. And then I went on to talk to them about, and this part, when I started talking to them, this is when I felt like I was talking to my younger self. I was thinking when I was younger, I wish somebody would have come to my school and told me that it was going to be okay. I wish someone would have said to me, if me, you've got to cheer for yourself. If you've got to believe in yourself. Uh, you know, there's so many things I wish somebody would have told me back then because I remember, um, and it was quite an emotional place for me because these girls, you know, the title is Becoming a Girl's Best Friend. I wanna be all of their best friends. I wanna be their mentor. I wanna give them all the stuff that I wish I would have had. So as they were all looking at me and listening to me and they respected me and I told them who I was, I had them in the palm of my hands. So I thought, right, now what must I tell them? What must I tell them? So I went on to say, people um, know that I've got lots of energy. People have even said to me, often people say, you should have your own energy drink made after you. Iffy Thomas, the energy drink or Iffy Power. Anyway, I said, I have so much energy. I have so much um, power. Where do I get it from? Well, I fuel myself with my story, my stories and the, the pain and the diverse um, adversity and the, the things that have gone wrong in my life. I fuel myself with that. But actually what keeps me going is my passion, my passion and my love, my love for what I do with the confidence stars, the love that I get to help people really step into their power by getting them to look at themselves and see themselves for who they really are, which is an amazing, incredible people. And then I went on to say to them, so let me just tell you a story about me as a dancer because they were very impressed with my dancing. So I talked about- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. My dancing, that was the next thing I spoke about. Now, everything I spoke about yesterday I had said hundreds and hundreds of times, these are mini little stories that I bring with me where I go. And the reason why I'm telling you this, because yes, um, you know, I'm, I, every single person has a story and we have hundreds of stories, but we never know which story to share. 
And sometimes that's because we've got so many. So what we do at Mind Workout Media is we help you to find the tiny little stories and get really good at saying them so that in any situation you can pull them out of your toolbox and then bring them in. And I saw myself experiencing that yesterday. So I told the story of my dancing story because I knew that um, they, they, that would be quite impressive to them. They would want to know about it. But what I did is I positioned my story in a way that got them to really think about not giving up. So my story as a dancer, which I'd love to share with you, I'm taking you on the journey of what I spoke about yesterday. Um, it, it went really well and I'm, I'm really excited to share this part of the story. So I said to them, I started dancing when I was nine years old and I remember when I started dancing, my parents took me to the local dance studio. I walked into the studio and I knew instantly I was supposed to be there. It was this amazing feeling. It was like, it was like the heavens opened and it was like, ah! I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is where I'm supposed to be. And the dance teacher was like, five, six, seven, eight, kneecap, kneecap, shoulder, shoulder, kneecap. And I was like, whoa, what's happening here? And I remember I was, sit, I was standing on the dance floor with my little plimp soles and my white socks and my sh shiny lime green cycling shorts and trying to copy what the dance teacher was doing. And I was following her and eventually I got it. Kneecap, kneecap, shoulder, shoulder. And then I was, and I remember thinking, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. This is really good. Anyway, at the end of my dance lesson, my mum told me this years later my mum asked the dance teacher she said you know because it was me and my foster sisters were there she said how how was iffy what do you think of iffy and my dance teacher said to my mum well she struggles with timing you know she can't seem to keep him beat on time and every dancer needs to be in one spot and she keeps moving here there and everywhere so she struggles with spatial awareness as well and she's as stiff as a board. She's really stiff. You know, my sister's legs were flying up to the sky. They were bending their backs. And I was very, very stiff. And um, my and it makes me laugh because basically what you need to be a great dancer, you need to have timing. You need to be able to keep in time with the beat. You need to be have great spatial awareness. You need to know where you're moving to. And you absolutely need to have flexibility. You need to be able to stretch your legs. You need to be able to jump. Most dancers can do the splits. And I had none of those attributes. I, I was actually not good at all in any of the areas. Um, but and my mum told me that years later. And what I remember is I would go to dance competitions every single week. And every single week I wouldn't get through. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of dancers would all, would go to the dance floor and they wouldn't call my number out, but my sisters would get better and better and go out of a leotard into a sparkly costume and then move their way up in the categories where I was always the girl in the red leotard, no sparkles because I hadn't got the points. And this took three years before I'd even started to make my way up. But what happened is on the third year, I got into this category, which is called intermediates, which is, and I remember the first time I went out on the dance floor, all of my friends, my family, all the children's parents were all cheering for me because it was a big deal because I was the kid that never got through. I was the kid that would never got placed. But year, three years, just keep going and practicing. I'd practice at home. I'd, I'd go over every move. I'd break everything down. I would just practice, practice, practice. I wouldn't go on play dates. I wouldn't do anything. I would just practice, practice, practice. So this day arrives three years into me training and getting rejected. I'm wearing a red and yellow sparkly costume. I've got the number 99 right there on my chest. And um, I go out onto the dance floor and I remember thinking, I'm gonna go for it. And I went for it. And at the end, when they were announcing who won, I won. And I remember looking back and seeing all the children's parents from the dance school crying, even the dads. 
everyone was crying, everyone was jumping, everyone was cheering, everyone was so happy. Because when I won, I thought they were really, really happy for me, which they were. But what I realize now is they were happy because when you see somebody work really hard and keep getting knocked down, but keep getting back up. And then when you see them win, that it does something to you. You know, when you watch somebody succeed, we love the underdog and I was the underdog. And when I look back now and remember all those faces of people crying and cheering, I realize, I realize now that me winning was so much more than me winning. It was, it was reinforcing to them that you must keep going, whatever it is that you're doing. So I told that story. I told that story to um, the children and I, and I really like played on how bad I was. And then I went on to say, and then I may, I got first that week and then I got first the following week and then I got second the next week and then the next week I got first and I moved straight into champs and then I became a champion dancer when and it got to the point where that girl in the red leotard who never got through then became the one that people were scared of when I turned up at a dance competition people would be like oh my gosh if he's here if he's here Ooh. meaning you're gonna get crushed because i'm so good i'm gonna win you know and that's what happened and i remember as a child experiencing being so bad for so long and then when i started to get better and better and better it was it was a real thing for me so the thing i was trying to say to the girls in the audience was it doesn't matter if you're not very good to begin with it doesn't matter and then I said to them, and then I got accepted into one of the most renowned, prestigious performing arts colleges in the UK, the Erdang Academy, which has thousands of applicants every year. They only take a small group and I was picked for that. And then once I finished my training with them, Michael Jackson's choreographer hired me and flew me to Japan. So that girl who was the girl at nine years old in a leotard who couldn't keep in time, had no spatial awareness, was stiff as a board, who never got through years of training, years of competition, to then go and win and then get a place at one of the best schools, um, performing arts schools, and then get flown to Japan by Michael Jackson's choreographer. What that story is telling you is it doesn't matter where you start. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you can't do anything. If your vision and you have a goal for what you want and you're willing to put in the effort and you're willing to hear no, 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 no. I've heard so many no's now. It doesn't even affect me anymore. I'm like, next, 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 next. If you can do that, you will be able to achieve anything. And I couldn't see their faces because it was bright lights on stage. So I just had to hope that it was landing. Anyway, so I, I then went on to then say to them, you know, my, my career became amazing. I was on X Factor every week. I was dancing. I was on stage with Cheryl Cole. I was there the week, the best week, and I'll share this with you guys. One of the best weeks of my performance life was when that the for the first two weeks they had in the studios where I was dancing, there was Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, George Michael. Um, we I was having photographed with Simon Cowell. I was um, meeting all of the incredible iconic performers. I got to sit in the studio and watch Whitney Houston rehearse. There was me, Clive Davis, and maybe two other people, and Whitney Houston. And I got to watch her rehearse, rehearse. Just being in that room with her energy and feeling somebody who was you
massive masterclass for me just watching her rehearse and the goosebumps that run up my arm when she was singing and I literally I was maybe a meter away from her it was the most amazing feeling but what it taught me is that do you know what? You can have goals and visions and dreams and they can all come true. I used to listen to Whitney Houston as a child and um, used to really believe that one day I was going to be friends with her. And there I was sitting in a studio and her on stage literally felt like she was singing to me. It was amazing. And I spoke about how I got to listen to Mariah Carey sing and how her voice is like the most incredible voice. And then I went on to tell them, this is a story, this is something that really um, I like to share. Mariah Carey and obviously I had to do a check to make sure they knew who Mariah Carey was because, you know, most of us on the app know who Mariah Carey is, but sometimes I'll have conversations with my nieces and I'll mention people and they'll look at me like I'm speaking another language. So I was just did a quick check. I said, do you know who Mariah Carey is, right? And the parents were like, yeah. Anyway, and I said, Mariah Carey got turned down by 19 different record labels. Before she was signed, she'd gone to 19 record companies and they had all said, no, we don't need another Whitney. We already have Whitney Houston. The world doesn't need someone else. She got turned down by 19 different record labels. And then I went on to say, who here likes Harry Potter? And I knew that that was kind of the audience for Harry Potter. So they were all put their hands up. I said, well, JK Rowling, when she wrote her book and she was looking for a publisher, she went to 28 publishing companies to ask them to publish her. And all of them were like, well, who wants, no one wants to hear a story about a boy who goes to wizard school. <laughs> How wrong were they? Imagine if she didn't go to the 29th one. Imagine, imagine if she said, you know what? 28 people in the industry have told me that my book idea is rubbish. I'm not gonna do it anymore. But no, she kept going because she believed in it. And my point I was trying to make with this story is whatever it is that you wanna do, it might not come straight away for you. You just have to keep going. You have to have a vision. You have to have a dream. You have to have belief. You have to just keep going. And um, I, I told um, that story. And then I ended with like my crescendo piece, which was all about looking in the star. I told him about how I'd created the confidence star. If you're in the room, you'll see there's a link at the top. I talked to them how I created this star shaped mirror that I believe is my gift to the world. And it's the idea of looking at yourself in the star and every day and saying these positive affirmations and saying, I like myself, saying, I am good enough. And I said to them, if someone would have come to me when I was your age and told me all I had to do to be able to be okay and not feel the pain that I always used to feel, that achy feeling of not feeling good enough, that pain of, you know, feeling overwhelmed. I said, if that's what any of you are feeling, I can tell you there's a way to get rid of that. And that's by the words that you say to yourself. So I want you all to tell me and promise me that you will never say anything bad about yourself ever again. You're not allowed to say one negative thing about yourself from now on. All you can do is say positive affirmations. If you make a mistake, be kind to yourself. You know, if you if never talk to yourself in a way that if someone else spoke to you that way, it would upset you. Always treat yourself with kindness. Anyway, so I finished um, saying my, my speech and then I went on to say, and, after, and all of you who came up and got your awards, you didn't look that happy about it. None of you stepped in your light. You know, they'd come up, they'd barely shake my hand with like a wet handshake. They wouldn't look at me in my eyes. They didn't take a minute to enjoy getting the award. They just kind of rushed off the stage as quick as they could. And I said, look, every single person who won an award, stand up. And they all kind of stood up. I said, yes, yeah, stand up. 
and then I and I kind of signaled to them, put your hand out. And then I put my hand and tapped my own shoulder. I said, tap yourself on the shoulder. It's really important to enjoy your wins. I said, if one of the things that's really important is if you're gonna work really hard and you're gonna win something, blooming enjoy it for a minute. I said, you must, you must enjoy your wins. Otherwise, you were, what is the point? And then I gave him the quote. I said, if, if you're grateful for what you have, you will keep having more. But if you moan and complain about what you don't have, you'll never have enough. So when you win something, be grateful. Take a moment to enjoy it. Say, well done me. Well done me. And I got them all to say, well done me. And I got them to say it until they said it with passion. And um, after I said to them, all I want you to do is take away with this. I want you to take away with you these three R's. I want you to know that whatever you're going through on your journey through life, whatever it is that you're doing, I want you to take a minute when you're on that road and ask yourself, how do I feel? Am I lost? Do I know where I'm going? And I said, take a minute to recognize where you are. The first R is recognizing. So if you wake up, you feel sad, you feel overwhelmed, you, you don't feel good about yourself, recognize the feeling, recognize it. And the second R is reach out to somebody. You've got your teachers, you've got your family, you've got your friends, you've got, reach out to somebody and ask for help. Do not suffer in silence. You've got to, first of all, recognize and then reach out. Now, the third R I'm gonna give you is make sure that it's somebody who is reliable. If you are somebody who does not have the capacity to support you, it is going to make you not wanna ask again. So make sure whoever you're asking, if your goal is to be an astronaut and you're on that journey and you're getting lost and you're getting overwhelmed and you've recognized that you're overwhelmed and you reach out to somebody, make sure you reach out to somebody who's either an astronaut or who has helped someone become an astronaut. I said, one of the biggest lessons I can tell you through my life is don't ask people to tell you how to get somewhere they've never been and don't ask people to help you if they do not know how to do it. Don't waste your time because you'll end up going around in circles. And then I lastly said, don't tell your big dreams to small minds. Whatever you wanna be, you can be. Anyway, at the end, I, I was on like one, like doing my flow. I finished speaking, I said, and thank you very much. And then after, everyone's clapping and cheering and then um we were moving out of the room and um the teacher said to me we've had sherry blair here we have had um all these very well-known people and in the last 14 years you are the only one that has had this response because what well, this response was which was unbelievable which is why i've told you this whole long story the response is parents were coming from their chairs up onto the stage hugging me crying with tears in their eyes saying thank you i needed to hear that thank you for fueling me up thank you i had parents coming up to me and saying to me thank you i know that my child heard that because i've been trying to say that to them i had students coming up to me and hugging me and asking for photos i had young girls saying all of these things and i was just like wow 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 it was unbelievable the power the power of telling people to believe in themselves so that's what my mission is that's why i'm here i'm sure i've run out of time because the link's just gone up on the room um i'm so sorry i've run over but i hope you've enjoyed that and my one thing i want you to take away with you is that you can go and cheer for people all you want but you've got to cheer for yourself you have got to become your own cheerleader
I'm done speaking. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.